0: Welcome back to VLGA Connect, a brand new week of the program. I'm delighted to have with me today from Welcoming Australia, the CEO Alim Ali, and the manager of the Welcoming Cities project, Sebastian Gears. Aleem, Sebastian, welcome to VLGA Connect. Hi, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Great to have you here. We wanted to find out about your organization, its involvement in Victoria, which I understand is where it originally started, and some pretty exciting programs that you have on foot. Aline, perhaps firstly, if I can ask you to help set the scene, how long's Welcoming Australia been around and what's its purpose?
1: Certainly. Uh, so Welcoming Australia as an organisation has been around uh, for 10 years. We, we celebrated our 10th uh, anniversary late last year and um, we exist really to create communities and advance communities where everyone can belong. So we recognise that Uh, Our nation has a very long multicultural history uh, spanning 65,000 years of uh, hundreds of nations and language groups uh, right through to our newest arrivals to our shores. And so really we're trying to help communities um, advance uh, welcoming and inclusion uh, through a whole range of efforts. And part of that is Welcoming Cities, uh, which started six years ago, uh, launched in Melbourne Town Hall. Uh, recognising that um, we have a national settlement framework and there's a lot of really great work that's being done across the country in ensuring that people settle well uh, into our communities and uh, municipalities and also recognising that often local government uh, is the undervalued participant in that work. Uh, and often the under-resourced participant in that work. And so we really wanted to position local councils as facilitators and brokers in that work, recognising that they understand the complexity and the nuance of their communities. And they they know who's there. They have the capacity to bring all the stakeholders to the table. Um, And so really welcoming cities formed out of uh, a desire and a need to support local councils to do that work more effectively. So just
0: on welcoming Australia, Aleem, who had that vision? Who started the, the whole concept?
1: The organisation itself was started in Adelaide, uh, seated by a group of people um, who really were quite passionate about who we could be as a nation and had seen uh, the best in who we could be, but were also looking around uh, and seeing some quite uh angry and and toxic voices and conversations and and really wanted to shift the conversation around how we could welcome people uh to our shores more effectively and and how we could uh celebrate and shine a light on the really great work um and so it started there and then a little over six years ago uh, the Scanlon foundation who's a major supporter and, and funder of our work Uh, kind of seeded this idea of Welcoming Cities uh, and looked for an organisation who could lead and carry that work. And um, they came across our humble little organisation and it's all built from there.
0: Before we get into Welcoming Cities, in in terms of that overarching aim from when Welcoming Australia was established, how do you measure the progress and the success 10 years on?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, And the Scanlon Foundation... Uh, have been doing some really important work in this space around the social cohesion index and, and the mapping uh, social cohesion work that they've been doing for 12 years now. And so there's some really um, important and growing data and uh, evidence base around that. Um, and, and more recently, uh, through our work, um, also trying to bring some, some rigour to that. So we have the Welcoming City Standard, uh, which really benchmarks everything Uh, that a council does through that uh, welcoming and inclusion lens um, and we're starting to see a really growing body of work around that, documenting case studies, documenting resources, and, and sort of mapping that progress over time has been something that we've been really focused on.
0: OK, we might come back to you in a moment, Aleem, but I want to bring Sebastian into the conversation. As the manager of Welcoming Cities uh, itself, Sebastian, I'm sensing that the, it, its roots are in Victoria. Uh, as Alim said, it started there six years ago. Um, tell us a bit about um, the idea behind this particular project.
2: Yeah, as Aline mentioned, uh, the idea behind Welcoming Cities is that, that councils really play that critical role. They, they know their community better than any other tier of government um, and can provide the resources. And, and we've seen over the last two years, haven't we, how quickly local government can act and, and has acted uh, in, in terms of knowing people, who to contact. And, and so often that's, that's such a critical element of this work. And so Welcoming Cities really aims to, to help fill that gap, really support and champion the work of, of local governments in, in doing this work and to better resource them. Uh, one of the best ways we've found of doing that is, is sharing stories and, uh, and really highlighting and uplifting the people who are doing excellent work.
0: So I think you said there's 19 Victorian councils that are members, correct, of Welcoming Cities. Does that correlate with those local government areas that are the more culturally diverse um, in the state?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there's many of those who you'd expect um, in terms of Dandenong and Hume and Whittlesey. There's also growing numbers uh, of, I suppose, councils that you wouldn't expect so much and and cultural diversity is is everywhere. You know, it's not it's not that it's only in those uh, likely councils, I suppose, uh, it, it, and I think increasingly so. This is being seen as as important for for all councils to pick up on.
0: So clearly, there's scope for growth because there's another 60 councils in Victoria. When when you talk to councils about why it's perhaps a value for them to be part of welcoming cities. How do you describe that value proposition? What do they get out of it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there's four key pillars of, of welcoming cities. So one, Aleem's already mentioned the standard and accreditation process. So the ability for councils to to look over at our welcoming city standard and and sort of understand and benchmark their practice against uh, everything that's, that can be done. Um, and often we find councils not only look at it and say, oh, wow, we're not doing so much in that area, but they also look at it and say, well, we're, we're actually much better than we thought here as well. Uh, the other is uh, awards and, and celebrating success, uh, as well as sharing critical research and information. So we often try and, much like yourself here, Chris, is share information and resources that are, that are happening, but might not be easily easy to get down to the sort of people working at the, at the local level.
0: So we've talked about the Victorian context, uh, Sebastian, Auraleem, Um what about beyond Victoria? Uh, where is the support for welcoming cities? Uh, is it a growing thing in other states as well?
1: It is growing. Um, we've got 66 members nationally. Um, representative of about 40% of the Australian population. Um, And and within that growth, and this is um, similar for Victoria as it is for other states, uh, a growing number of regional, rural and remote councils. Um, And so whilst traditionally, as Sebastian mentioned, you know, the Dandenongs and um, the Humes and, you know, the other, um, you know, notably culturally diverse councils, um, Uh, have been involved and really grappling with that um, you know rapid growth piece that there's a lot of councils who are are really looking at more around you know how do we attract people to our regions how how do we keep them here how do we uh, create communities where they have a sense of safety and a sense of belonging Um, how do we ensure that our schools stay open and and our small businesses uh, continue to thrive that people have opportunities to start small businesses and so um, increasingly, a lot of our members are those, you know, regional rural, remote councils who, who are trying to address those issues um, around, you know, sustainable economic and, and population growth as well.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that uh, just as you hit on the point, we've seen some recent stats of how many people are moving away from the metropolitan areas into the regional areas, particularly COVID has um, highlighted that uh, and perhaps exacerbated that trend. So, so I wonder how many councils think about welcoming cities as part of their, I guess, their arsenal of, of tools to, to cope with that influx. You've got a couple of uh, particular events coming up that we wanted to talk about, and I'm keen to understand how this fits into the overall welcoming um, cities approach. So there's a symposium coming up in uh, Canberra, I understand, Sebastian?
2: Yeah, that's right. In the 10th and 11th of May, we're hosting our... Uh, welcoming Australia Symposium, uh, which is a very exciting moment for us. We have three keynote speakers. So we have Professor Chelsea Wattigo, uh, Professor of Indigenous Health, who health will be delivering our First Nations keynote. Uh, we'll have Professor John A. Powell delivering our international keynote, uh, who is the Director of the Othering and Belonging Institute, Institute um at the University of Berkeley and then finally we'll also have Professor Sharon Pickering uh, from Monash University delivering our national keynote and although they're all professors they're they're not sort of wearing tweed jackets they're very very engaging speakers Uh, not
0: dry but engaging. (laughs) what you're trying to say (laughs) far
2: from it far from it Uh, and amongst those those sort of three keynote presentations we'll be we'll be sharing a lot of Uh, practice from from our councils and and the excellent work they're doing but also from the settlement services sector and 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 what they're doing and what's been happening in this space so who's your target
0: audience for that symposium is it the practitioners is it the elected level or is it
2: both it's really both we've had strong showings at previous symposiums from from all levels of council uh there's really something in it for everyone in that we like to make sure that we've got that that sort of community level uh, work involved in it. But, but also we'll be having uh, presentations from, from a demographer who will be telling us, you know, what the future of Australia looks like and, and really what the next 12 months uh, as migration sort of starts to kick off again, what we, what we should all expect.
0: It sounds very interesting. In-person event, I'm assuming, or is it a hybrid approach?
2: Hybrid approach, that's yeah. right. So it'll be in person in Canberra, but also live streamed. Okay, that's that's good to know. So
0: that's for members only, or can other people get involved in that symposium?
2: Everybody can attend, and it's a great way to dip your toes into welcoming cities as well and, and understand what, what it looks like, how we like to run things. Uh, members do get a discount, so um, I encourage anyone to join up if they haven't yet uh, before they come along.
0: Um, Aleem, uh, talking about members, uh, obviously you need more than just uh, councils as your core members as you describe them. There's a whole range of other organisations that are important for supporting your work. Can you talk a bit about who they are and what they bring to the table?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're we're very much about a whole of community approach in our work. Um, And so uh, councils are members of Welcoming Cities. Uh, More broadly, there's a whole range of other stakeholders Uh, who are supporters of the Welcoming Cities Network. Um, Peak Bodies, VLGA has been a fantastic um, networker and and supporter of our work, Um, as well as, you know, other organisations, community agencies who want to get involved. Uh, And then more broadly, we have a couple of other um, initiatives that intersect with that work. So Welcoming Clubs, which is working with uh, sporting codes and clubs that both are an elite level, but right down to a community uh, sports level, uh, recognizing particularly from local councils perspective, um, who often hold a whole range of community assets, a lot of those community assets are sport and recreation related, um, and helping councils uh, work more effectively in a community club context, uh, and ensure that um, greater accessibility uh, to those uh, venues and and, assets as well. Uh, And then also relatively new um, is welcoming universities and recognizing sort of the intersection of that work as well. So um, we have a number of uh, universities involved in that pilot, um, uh, University of Melbourne, uh, La Trobe Uni, um, and both those councils work very actively with their respective Uh, local governments recognising the important value of international students, um, but also, you know, diverse students of all backgrounds as well.
0: I know a lot of uh, councils work closely with uh, universities, particularly those that have a presence in their communities, but all councils uh, work with with clubs of different uh, types. So um, I I can see some really um, strong possibilities for connections happening there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that work is really built off the success of welcoming cities and local councils really uh, identifying for us, you know, what they're grappling with, um, where the challenges are for them, but also where the opportunities are. And so that welcoming clubs work has has really built uh, out of a lot of that. And we're seeing some really um, interesting work uh, start to, to happen um both in in larger city councils but also regional councils the city of greater bendigo for example is doing some really interesting work in that space as well
0: sebastian perhaps um, the f- final thing to talk about is the awards program that you have the welcoming cities awards for change can you tell us about that
2: yeah absolutely so we've just launched this is the inaugural year of the welcoming cities awards for change uh we'll be awarding in three different categories uh first for local councils uh, for individuals and then also for organisations who could be community organisations like sports clubs, uh, like Lelema sort of touched on, or also businesses because we, we also see the valuable role that businesses play in local communities. Uh, for individuals and organisations, they have to be uh, located in one of our member councils. That's that's sort of the, the biggest... Uh, Criteria? criteria. Thank you, Chris. Uh, And and really what we're after in those awards is for applicants to tell us a story of of what they've done and and how that's changed their community. And so what it does is it it puts everyone in the same starting place. Uh, So councils who've been doing this work for for 10 or 20 years are in the same starting place as a council who might be a bit newer to this work. and so we're really excited by that. The awards close on the 23rd of March. So there's still enough time to to write your application. And and we really look forward to having them. They'll be announced at the symposium.
0: Thank you for that. That sounds really interesting. I look forward to hearing uh, the stories that come out of those awards. Aline, perhaps one last question without notice. How politically active does Welcoming Australia get in terms of advocacy? And the reason I'm asking is I've I've done an interview recently with the Mayor of Greater Dandenong about the National Task Force, uh, which is highlighting the issues that people seeking asylum have in communities. Are those sorts of causes part of the work that you're trying to focus on and highlight as well?
1: Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, we're definitely apolitical and nonpartisan as we can be. Um, And we'll work with anyone that we can get some point of agreement on um, but often what that looks like is um, in our welcoming cities work for example is amplifying the voices of council so there's um numbers of great initiatives already happening uh in that space around supporting uh people from refugee backgrounds and people seeking asylum you know there's a mayoral task force there's there's a lot of work that happens in and through communities and so rather than I guess, uh, you know, duplicate or um, sort of talk over any of that work, often what we do is we bring uh, those voices and councils together and try and give them a platform to promote that work um, through our various networks.
0: Well, I I think that's been a really useful conversation to expose and highlight uh, the work of Welcoming Australia and the Welcoming Cities program in particular. If we've got any people from councils listening or watching this uh, that want to find out more, what's the best way for them to go about that?
1: Uh, We have websites uh, welcoming.org.au for the broader organisation, welcomingcities.org.au for welcoming cities. uh, And we'd we'd love to talk to anyone.
0: Ali Marley, CEO of Welcoming Australia, and Sebastian Gears, the manager of the Welcoming Cities project. Thank you very much to you both for being on our show.
1: Thanks, Chris. Chris.
0: And that's been another edition of VLGA Connect. Thank you for watching. We'll be back with more very soon. Until then, bye for now.